and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, chocolate with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. We play games, get deep into RPG, learn fun facts about New Zealand and laugh a lot along the way. Can't wait to have you listening along. Namihi nui. Thanks very much. Morena, tena koto katoa. Hello, welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Kete pehe koto. How are you all? Well, kete pai. I am good. Right now, I'm actually kind of half watching a stream from my very good friend Samsara Dusty, which is their name on Twitch, uh, and they're playing through uh, Breath of the Wild, which is which is pretty pretty awesome. The old Legend of Zelda, uh, and I was like, you know what, Jules. Um, you really want to talk about how you're playing, um, wait, they're not playing Breath of the Wild, eh? They're playing, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, so I'm playing Breath of the Wild because Tears of the Kingdom was coming out and I didn't know any of Legend of Zelda, to be very honest, and so I thought, um... My partner Paul has uh, Breath of the Wild, so give it a go before you go out and buy Tears of the Kingdom to see if you even like it. So I've been playing through that, um, and it's fairly frustrating uh, because there's almost no guidance on the game on how to play it. You just kind of start. It teaches you a little bit about how things work, and then you're just expected to figure out the rest. And I think that'll get a lot easier as I find stuff and I figure out stuff. Um and then I will understand what I need to do in order to arm myself, in order to defend myself against the various powers and bits and pieces like that. But right now, I'm just running into situations, dying, running into situations, dying, running into situations, dying, and not really knowing how to um, escape any of that. So, you know, I haven't really been playing a lot of it, if we're very honest. Um, I'm also a very busy lady, but I do try and make sure that I have time out time out to calm the mind, time out for new influences, new inspiration, um, to see friends and family, to make sure that they know that they're still important to me, um, to to spend time um, in things that other people um, are passionate about, you know, watching other people's streams, listening to other people's podcasts, all of these things that I do because they're important to me that when my friends um, engage in the things that I do, so it's just as important to me to engage back in the things that they do and make sure that they know how much I appreciate them. You know, keep your friends close by telling them they're awesome by engaging in their stuff. And that's why I'm always really happy when I get calls and things from people who are listening out there in the universe um, and they engage in my concepts and the questions that I ask and and the things that I'm putting out there into the world. Um, And so this episode is for you. This is for the call-ins. This is for the Jason, Joey, Carl and Spencer that all gave me amazing calls in the last few weeks while um, the various uh, dragon, fiery death games have been coming out. Um, that, that series is not done yet. Um, it will continue and we'll talk a bit about more about that later. Um, but for now, I want you to hear uh, some of the amazing calls that I got when I put out into the universe um, my review on the Dungeons and Dragons movie and asking questions about space and how to make space relevant in a game and also just talking about um some of the awesome things that I've had happen in my games recently so yeah take it away Jason Joey and Spencer 
Jules Gems. Yo, what up, Jules? Calling in on Monday, the start of the week. I'm I'm working right now, but it's okay because I'm on Smoko, <laughs> so I have some time to call. <laughs> anyway, I I really liked the new segment of uh, your reviews. I, I agree. I saw the movie. I really enjoyed it. I don't know that I'd give it a nat 20, but it would definitely be in the upper teens for sure for me. Um, yeah, like everything you said. I I didn't cry at any part of it, but I, I can see where the parts that, you know, were supposed to make you feel stuff. I You know, it was just I didn't feel all that connected to Chris Pine or his character that much. I, I liked all the other characters way better. But anyway, that was awesome. Um, as far as your space game goes, you know, I'm not a big sci-fi guy, so I don't really, you know, you want it to matter that they're in space. Um, so things like having to worry about oxygen levels and, you know, radiation and all that kind of stuff, being in a vacuum, that stuff should matter. You know, if somebody's shooting off their laser guns inside of a spaceship and it goes through the wall and pierces the hull of the spaceship and now all of a sudden all the atmosphere is leaking out of the spaceship into space, they're going to be in trouble, you know? So things like that, that should matter. Uh, Gravity, you know? Gravity needs to matter because there isn't a whole lot of it, depending where in space you are or how you're moving in space. Um, but yeah, things like that, you know, that stuff should really matter. And as far as everything else, yeah, you know, you're a busy lady. You take a lot on. So that's cool. You can do it until you can't do it anymore. And then you won't do it anymore. And it'll work itself out, right? <laughs> anyway, my smoke goes almost over. I got to go. Peace out. Hey, Jules, Jason here. Just want to say really enjoyed your D&D movie review. I took my son to see it. We both enjoyed it. He plays 5e. I don't. And he definitely picked up on some of the things you did and picked up on a few more of the things than I did. But you know what? Even as somebody that just has played the TSR era D&D, I picked up on a lot, and I really enjoyed it. And it's okay if a movie doesn't explicitly follow game mechanics, you know? It, we're, we're going. It's entertainment, and, and I thought, without a doubt, it's the best D and D movie we've gotten so far. And yeah, I heartily endorse it. No, com, no complaints, no problems at all with it. So, I'm glad you also enjoyed it. Hopefully, we'll get more movies out of this. Hopefully, it's done well enough that they'll continue to do it, and hopefully, they'll keep the the lighter tone, and they'll they'll explore other aspects of the world. So, we'll we'll see where that goes, but. As far as the heavy metal god and the metal god being the god of truth, I think that's really interesting, and that's something I'm going to ponder on for a little bit. I also like the idea, you know, if gods are outside time and space, obviously this depends on your world and your cosmology, and I don't know what 5e's cosmology looks like, but if gods are outside time and space, then potentially you could have, you know, you think of like the... Neil Gaiman's American Gods and things. But you, you could have more modern gods like the metal gods, you, you know, reaching back to your D&D worlds and things like that. And, yeah, and the idea that the musical god, you know, the, the god of metal, or even like a punk god would be the god of truth, you know, there's some sense, there's some sense in that. So that that's really interesting. So I, I guess 
I, I don't know. I, I'm not really imaginative, so my brain sticks to the same kind of thing. So, well, what kind of music is lies? You talk about lies, right? Is that pop music? Is pop, you, you know, kind of bland pop? Is that lies? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what kind of music lies are. And maybe we don't go with music, right? Maybe you go with, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to go down that road. I'm sure you'll get all kinds of great calls and all kinds of great recommendations on, on that and the space theme and all that kind of thing. I just want to say it was great to hear you back on the air. Keep up the great work. And, yeah, I definitely want you to hang in there and, and know it's okay to be you. But I, I also hope you do or are able to pull yourself up on that branch so you can kind of sit there, take a breather, and, and enjoy life. Because, you know, life's too short not to enjoy it. So take care of yourself. Keep up the great work. And, you know, reward yourself a little bit. It's okay to reward yourself a little bit. That's not a bad thing. Talk to you soon. Kiora Jules Spencer here. How is space important? Well, it's the incomprehensible vastness and the crushing insignificance. The enforced communality of living on a small vessel and the inescapable isolation. It's claustrophobia, agrophobia, it's everything and nothing. Deafening silence. Even the smallest decision can mean the difference between life and death. Space from Chanel. Thank you so much. <laughs> Jason from Nerds IBG Variety Cast, Joey from Hindsightless, and Spencer there at the end with from Keep Off the Borderlands for your amazing calls. Spence, brought to you by Chanel. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's probably the best call I've ever received. Um, so I put together a list of all the things that you came up with. Um, and they actually have helped me to start thinking about that game. I've still got a bunch of ideas bouncing around in my head, but I do have time yet. I've got about a month or so before that game um, needs to come out. It's actually really good to have started thinking about all of these 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 problems, these um, mood-setting elements, you know, the silence, the claustrophobia, the isolation, the living in a small vessel, the va- the biggity vastness of it all, you know, the, the fragility of that hull, that protection around you, that vacuum, that radiation, the oxygen level problem, the gravity problem, like how are you even moving through the space? These are all really good elements for me to think about in terms of inclusion. Because, I mean, as we know, a D&D game could be the same wherever you are. Like it could be crawling through a dungeon. It could be um, exploring a wizard tower. All of these things. Um, shh, phone. Why are you interrupting my recording? Um, it could be all of these things. But as long as I include some of these elements it'll still feel like space is relevant and matters um so i'm really excited to build the game uh based on based on all these amazing thoughts so thank you so much um next up something joey actually talked about uh is that um that section that he said that he really enjoyed so yay i i hope that you keep enjoying it um next up is another jules reviews I get to experience some pretty incredible content, creations and crafts in the course of my RPG adventures and I think it's about time that I started to share some of that experience with you. What I liked, 
what I felt could have been better, what I do not know how I lived without. Of course, it's only my opinion, and maybe you'll disagree with me completely, but maybe I'll introduce you to something you didn't know existed, or maybe I'll make you feel better about spending money on something you weren't so sure about before, or maybe I'll help you find the perfect gift for that nerd in your life. Well, anything could happen on Jules Reviews. Hello friends! Okay, so Jules Reviews is back and today I want to bring to your attention a Dragonlance book. Now, as we know, Dragonlance have been around for a while. The Dragonlance Chronicles began with TND original publisher TSR in 1984, way back when. I think it started with something like Dragons of Autumn Twilight, introduced the world of Kryn, characters like Tennis Harfelvin, Raslin, Flint Fireforge, and Goldmoon. You know, the original trilogy also included the novels Dragons of Winter Night and Dragons of Spring Dawning. It went on to, like, oh my goodness, do so much for D&D publications. Uh, it was included in numerous tabletop role-playing adventures, um, and the world of Kryn and its characters have made cameos ever since. But the existence of not one, but three new Dragonlance novels came to light in October 2020 when Weiss and Hickman are back again and they filed suit against Wizards of the Coast. (gasps) The pair claimed a breach of contract and requested a jury trial and $10 in damages. The issue was settled in January 2021, clearing the way for publication of new books. And I'm so excited to have read one of them. So, Dragonlance, Dragons of Deceit, the next book in the Dragonlance series, has arrived. It arrived last year, about August 2022, written by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Um, and uh, it's amazing. So I needed to bring this to your attention. Um, Margaret Weiss, when she was talking about it way back when, she said about it um, that the story they're telling in the new series is a capstone. It was important that we were able to tell the story we wanted to tell and that we tell a story that brought all of us together again in Dragonlance. She also said uh, way back when, when she let slip about what the story of the book might be, um, we're returning to old friends while we're introducing a new heroine to the classic world of Dragonlance. Now, the book cover is amazing. It's got this like young kind of orangey dragon standing behind like three figures one of them looks sort of short with a cool beard one of them looks like a darker skinned woman with like this armor that looks like it's either like cobwebbed or scaled in some kind of way and then there's a younger lady that's holding like this big staff which actually has um what do you call that like a slingshot um, thing on the top of the staff and these cool furry boots in fact they're all wearing furry boots and they're all you know standing on the top of a hillside dramatically with trees in the background and little houses in the background and um, ha- tree houses in the background and they're overlooking like this beautiful lake where you can see a couple of boats sailing on it yeah it's a great cover right I had to pick it up I actually saw it in BD&D a few months ago and was like why have I not read this already so I bought it Dragonlance Destinies, Volume 1, Dragons of Deceit. It's like going back to like the, where it all started, and that's really, really exciting. So let me read 
um, the inside of the book to you where it talks about what you're going to uh, be experiencing in this book. Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hackman return to the unforgettable world of the New York Times best-selling Dragonlance series as new heroine, desperate to restore her beloved father to life, sets off on a quest to change time. Destina Rosethorn, as her name implies, believes herself to be a favoured child of destiny. But when her father dies in the War of the Lance, she watches her carefully constructed world come crashing down. She loses not only her beloved family, but also the legacy that he has left her, the family lands and the castle. To save her father, she hatches a bold plan to go back in time and prevent his death. First, she has to secure the device of time journeying, last known to be in the possession of the spirited kinder Tasselhoff Burfoot. But to change time, she'll need another magical artifact, the most powerful and dangerous artifact ever created. Destina's quest takes her from the dwarven kingdom of Thorbaden to the town of Solace and beyond, setting in motion a chain of disastrous events that threaten to divert the course of the river of time, alter the past and forever change the future. Doesn't it sound awesome? (laughs) So what I can tell you about this book without doing any spoilers is that it is amazing. So I felt like I was settling right into a live actual play. Uh, The characters were amazing, engaging. They had their own motivations and all of that stuff. Um, The story was really engaging. It's very much written um, as easy read. Do you know what I mean when I I say that? Um, Like I would put it almost sort of YA-aged kind of writing, a little bit harder than that. Um, I think your YAs would have to go and look up a whole lot of words in order to understand them. And there's definitely, you know, if you're familiar with the fantasy tropes and things like that, like there's there's things in there for you. Um, but uh, it's not hard to sink into, which is amazing because, you know, in a world where we're trying to encourage reading, um, that sort of thing is really important to get our, our young minds into fantasy. Um, something I didn't like about this book. So, I understand why they had to do it. That There's actually a massive amount of time that they're trying to span in this one story. So it goes from her being like a child to her, um, you know, her whole life crumbling and having to rush off and, and, and you know, um, fulfill her destiny um, by doing, you know, these, these actions where she's off to find these artifacts to bring back her father. Um, but it, in order to spend so much time, as you're probably aware, you need to do like time jumps and that kind of thing. So there were pieces of the book where it's just like, oh, okay, we're like five years later or like 10 years later. Uh, what happened? <laughs> so that was a little jarring, but I, I, I also get why that had to happen. Um, and I didn't feel like they spent ages on a particular thing that they could have taken out to put in more of the what happens during the time it's not really like that either so you know it's not it's not it didn't ruin the book for me it was just a little jarring in certain places to just read those time skips like that but all in all I really enjoyed the book I'm definitely sold on the story I need to know what happens next so I will probably be uh picking up the next two in these volumes um and giving them a 
uh, a darn good go. And I actually recently found in um, a box of books that a friend gave me um, some old books by um, these same authors. So uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, they um, originally wrote The Time of the Twins, War of the Twins and Test of the Twins. Um, and I found them in a box in my um, uh, downstairs by the bookshelf when I was trying to clean up. So I am probably going to give those a read based on the fact that I actually really enjoyed the style and writing of this one. Um, so I guess I'll let you know eventually about what I thought about those. But I mean, if you want to hear more about Time of the Twins, Door of the Twins, Test of the Twins, uh, Joey over on Hindsightless actually gave it a bit of a review. It's, uh, I believe it's one of his um, tops of fantasy writing. So that's also encouraging for me to um, spend the time reading these books. They're, they're pretty old. They're sellotaped together in places and fallen apart. So um, it's going <laughs> to, I imagine reading them, it's not going to be the easiest experience. And the writing's really small, you know, because back then they made the books smaller um, than they make the sort of larger style books of these ones so they can make the writing a bit bigger so it's easier to read. But, you know, I'm determined. I'm, I'm sold from reading Dragons of Deceit. I definitely would recommend picking that up to other people. Um, definitely worth a read. Enjoy yourself getting back into classic Dragonlance stories, but in a new age. It was very fun. Okay, I'm out of here. So what's been going on with me? Well, oh my goodness, what hasn't been going on? Okay, so work is really tricky right now. I can't really talk about any of it, obviously. Working in human resources, can't really share a bunch of the stuff. But what I can share is generically I'm finding out more and more about industries which leaders haven't been taught anything about how to be a leader not just like how to be good at your job and you know how to um take those next steps in terms of being good at your job and managing those particular tasks or uh, uh, responsibilities but how to lead people how to be a manager who works together well with other managers of the business you know these are skills that we aren't teaching everybody uh and and they are different i mean and it's not even fair what we're doing. We're, we're picking up people that just are so excellent at the job that they're doing that we want to grow them. We want to push them into those next steps. We want to give them more money, you know, like we want to um, give them those opportunities. But instead of looking at the whole picture, we're just kind of handing them a job and being like, you're good, right? Like, you know what you're doing? Tap, tap, tap on the forehead, you know, uh, you'll do great. And then we're like punishing them later when they're not able to like communicate what they do to their team and pass that on down and talk to other managers when they see things that aren't, you know, happening between the departments and, and be able to fix those problems or just communicate company-wide strategies down to you know, like what we're trying to achieve and the big picture of that down to what it means at their level, like being able to share back some of those key things. And, you know, they're just not happening. So there's a lot of t teaching and training and basically resetting about what it what things need to be. I actually wrote up a schedule for what meetings need to happen and what we should be trying to achieve in each of these types of meetings at these different levels, because I think even that isn't really happening right now. So it's interesting. It's it's fascinating kind of where I'm at. But anyway, that's real life stuff. You don't want to, you're not here for real life stuff. You're here for fantasy. So what's happening with me in fantasy right now? Well, I ran a really fun 
game uh, over some beersies um, at the Welsh Dragon. Um, we ran a race game and I trialed some of my wacky races type mechanics um, on my players, which was very, very fun. Um, essentially turning the the vehicles that they said that they'd bought into these crazy magical vehicles where uh, they would press a red button and a different shh, phone. Um uh, they would press a red button and a different button on their dash would glow with a different like color, like basically a rainbow of colors. Um, and um, each of the different colors did something different, but they didn't know what it was until they'd try it, right? So every single time on the start of their turn, they would press the big red shiny button if they wanted to. Um, they would roll a D10 to see what like color lit up. Obviously I have what's happening on each of their colors and dashboards and numbers and stuff. Um, and they would get a color light up and then they would just have to be like, okay, well, do I press it? And not just do I press it to see what it does, but do I press it aiming at kind of at myself? So do I choose to whatever the effect is, the effect to be taken out on myself or do I choose for the effect to be taken out on one of the races around me, which was kind of a fun element. So they, once they got a few colors under their belt and they realized that that one's a slow and that one's a speed boost and that one's a bomb that goes off and damages their bows, you know, all of these things, um, they kind of got into the spirit of, you know, it, but like for a while there, it was very like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to press the button and fire it at me and they'd just be like slowed down suddenly and they'd be like damn it you know it was very fun that that element of surprise and risk and all of that kind of stuff so um very fun game very pleased with how that went I think if I was going to run that again though I would make a little wee resource um with the different colors of the 10 different colors um and then give them a little tokens that they could put on each of the colors of the dashboard because they were struggling to record and recall what buttons they actually had lit up because they wouldn't always use them right so they'd press the red button and they'd see blue and they'd be like okay well I don't know who I want to slow right now so I'll save it which is totally fine so then they could press as many buttons as they want later based on how many resources they had so they were saving them sometimes and spending them straight away sometimes but if they'd had a wee little record of what they actually had. And then if they were whiteboarded, they could write on them what they each did and stuff in their own kind of way. Like, I think that would be fun as a record for them all. So I'm definitely going to do that if I'm going to play the game again, which I hope I will because it was a really fun game. So so that was really cool. What else am I up to? Oh, Yes and Charity streamers in, like, full swing, obviously. Um, we are crazy trying to prep all of our DMs and our players and stuff for something that's happening in August. But when you invite, you know, a hundred or so people into a Discord with with strict rules about the what you want everybody to achieve, strict um, kind of guidelines for the DMs to create within, everybody needs to be on board with those guidelines. Everybody needs to know what's up. Um, it needs to be very clear. Otherwise, it kind of turns into chaos and people go off on their own tangents trying to keep everybody in the discord so all communication can be monitored because obviously safety is key people lots of people have signed up to play these games 
Um, they don't know their own DMs. They don't know the other people in the groups. And we want to make sure that we're looking after everybody. So it's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on there. And I am narrative overseer, which basically means that I'm in charge of kind of corralling the DMs into giving me their stories, making sure that they're on the right tracks, answering questions, being there for them as support, all of those things. So it's taking up quite a lot of my time in between bits and pieces of work and games that I'm running and stuff. Um, my two salt marsh games are careening towards the end of the book. They are nearly there. Um, I've been speed leveling towards the end just to have some fun, giving them basically more powers and having a blast and stuff. So that's been really cool. Um, they're loving the last chapter. The styles is really different from every other chapter. It's basically a murder mystery that you have to investigate that just kind of gets crazier and more occult as you go along. Very cool of Cthulhu's you know, feel and theme very very fun game so I'm really enjoying bringing that to the to them and and so far the reaction from them has been you know just hugely positive they've just been really enjoying the story so great result yay uh and the Icewind Dale group that I run in person has um met again recently and um, they went down the cobalt mines Oh, I say the cobalt mines, but they're just the mines in Tourmaline. Um, but there are kobolds down there um, who have tried to take over the mines and make it for themselves, which is why um, the village can't work in the mines right now. So they kind of have solved that problem. I'm trying not to do spoilers because it's a really fun chapter. Um, Trix is a very fun NPC character to play. And there was a whole lot of um, spooky, terrifying reveal for them around that and, you know, a mad panic to undo what they had done. So it was very fun. Um and now they're off to go solve the mystery of this kid who disappeared uh, to a castle after like a weird sort of cultish kind of vibed person turned up with a black crystal around his neck and just kind of took this kid away and this kid started acting real different and stuff. So um, they're, they're off to figure out what happened there and then they got to the town and there's all these rumors about how the speaker's really sick and doesn't really come out anymore and the town's kind of going to hell because he's not really looking after them very well and, um, you know, so they're, they're at the moment currently trying to figure out how to break into uh, the keep which is um, kind of a fun, you know, like planning exercise. How are we going to do it? How are we going to get in? How are we going? What are we going to do when we get in there? You know, it's very fun. Um, so that's kind of where all my games are at. Yes, and is at Kiwi RPG Week is coming up. It's it's just after WellyCon. Oh my god! So WellyCon is coming up on on King's Birthday weekend here, which is third and fourth of June. So. Big time running a convention uh, for that. I think we're 28 tickets off sold out at all of the D&D tables for the whole day, um, which is a pretty cool achievement. So uh, three tables sold out. I mean, three time slots completely sold out and two time slots with only like six people left and one time slot with like 14 people left because nobody wants to play on Sunday it's 5 30 to 8 30 it's a hard sell but we usually sell some of those during the weekend when people realize it looks like a bunch of fun and that's the only game session they can get into so I'm not too worried at this point but there is a lot of prep work for that for me I've got to make sure I have enough character sheets I've got to make sure I bring enough games so that if you know some somebody falls over somebody's sick somebody loses their voice I can step in and take over at any given time I also bring a bunch of resources with me like RPG based resources so that um I can show people all of the amazing stuff so I basically bring boxes and boxes of gear with me um, and it kind of gets ex- 
it's sort of insane. I bring a bunch of minis. I bring a bunch of props, you know, lots of um, maps and um, buildings and rah, rah, rah. I'm trying to make the space look really interesting and fun um, to engage with. So it gets kind of nuts, um, the setup and pack down of it. But I really enjoy the weekend every time I'm there. It's just a bunch of talking to people who are just really into gaming. And they either have played D&D before, uh, maybe ages ago, and they haven't been able to get a game in a while. And they're just so excited to be there. Or they've only seen it in media and they just really want to engage with it and know what it's all about. And either way, it's like very fun to um, introduce, you know, a passion of mine to so many people. So very fun. And then, yeah, like I say, straight after that, it's Kiwi RPG week and stupidly I've decided to try and do something every day. So uh, it's a streaming or a video or a podcast episode or something every day, um, something for people to engage with. And it's kind of going to be nuts, but um, I'm sort of looking forward to uh, engaging that much with um, our audience, even if nobody comes along. Um, we're still putting a whole lot of content out there. We're showing them who we are in all these different ways. We're not just you know, a 5e D&D comedy podcast, but we we also are these people. We're creating games off here. We're making other podcasts. We do other content. We create with all these different other NZ creators. And here's all of our favorite top um, Kiwi um, made D&D accessories that we want to show off. And here's some cool people that you should know all about and, you know, all of these things. So kind of excited about putting it all together but it is a ton of work uh and not just that but I'm still putting out podcast episodes and still trying to sort out you know four games basically a week at this point four campaigns a week um and work full-time and still see my family and friends and blah 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 blah. I'm still trying to do all of that nothing is halted right now but I feel good about it Yeah, it's it's kind of a crazy time in my life, but what I have to realize is um today or well, yesterday was my mum's um birthday. Um as, as most of you who have followed me along this journey of my life uh, now for several years know, my mum isn't around anymore. Cancer took her away from us. Um and it would have been her 60th birthday today. Uh yesterday. Um so it was a lot, you know, she, she basically disappeared from us when she was 50. So she's been gone now for, you know, 10 birthdays, which is kind of a crazy amount of birthdays to have been gone for when you start sort of thinking about it. Also, I'm 40, so I'm only 10 years off when my mother passed away. And it, it just doesn't feel like I've done that much in the 10 years since my mum has gone. So the, the concept of only having potentially another 10 years to go makes me just want to keep going, (laughs) want to keep running games, want to keep engaging with these cool people, wanting to keep running these awesome experiences where other people can engage in the, in the thing that I love so much, um, and, and meeting amazing people and, you know, just getting these incredible opportunities. Oh my God. Oh, I didn't even tell you the coolest thing that happened to me recently. So I got to be on, uh, Dice Legends live stream, uh, Dice Legends is probably one of the best made production uh, actual plays coming out of New Zealand, which kills me to say because I wish it was us, but it's just not us. Um, they have a recording studio. They do amazing live streams. You know, Vahid just spends so much time on it and it's it's incredible and it shows, you know. Um, so an, an incredible stream. I met him at the Dungeons and Dragons movie premiere and he invited me to come on his live stream where I got to learn how to play 
uh, monster of the week with the creator, Michael Sands. Um, so he was running a game for us. Not only was he running a game of monster of the week for us, but he was actually playtesting a new playbook that's going to come out soon. So my name is down as a playtester on a monster of the week playbook, which is pretty freaking cool, honestly. <laughs> um, so the playtest was amazing. It's like pre Monster Hunter, it's kind of what you are. So you're just a normal person with like a standard kind of concept. I played a social media obsessed uh, female who just would do anything for the gram and that's what she was there for. Uh, and I played a dungeon master who was there for inspiration for his next campaign, you know, get out in the forest and see what's up. Um, uh, all of the string building was an amazing exercise. I ended up that one of the other girls who was there kind of as a cheerleader with her jockish boyfriend, um, I decided that my string with them would be that I was kind of obsessed with them as like an Instagram couple and I was just like a single person. So I couldn't like have Instagram couple goals, but, you know, I was kind of obsessed like with this frenemy sort of relationship, like love, hate, and I spent the game sort of like flirting with her boyfriend, kind of being annoyed at her. But we ended up one of the final two back to back in the fight against vampires, you know, defending each other. And I sacrificed myself so that she would live. Uh, and it was kind of an amazing experience, you know, with all of these strings and building that game together and having a great time. And then we got to decide like what our characters would have gone on to be if they were monster hunters you know like one of my characters obviously she's dead she probably is a ghost and she comes back like that but my dungeon master he was kind of an occult master by the end of it um he was using the dmg and the monster manual to kind of figure out what was going on and what they should do about it which was kind of fun um element to play uh in the game and so he's going to go on and write his own like monster manual based on the monsters that they come across in reality and be that kind of lore master and the and the, the madness, which was very fun. So all of this has been going on in my life, um, incredible experiences, and I just have to keep thinking about how lucky I am, how awesome this is, um, how incredible it is that anybody is even listening to this out there. Um, and it just makes me want to keep going, keep trying, keep doing all of these amazing things, keep experiencing life um, as it gets thrown at me and just see where it takes me next. So very excited. Yes. Okay. So with that meandering conversation, um, I'm going to end the podcast here uh, with um, you've got a couple more call-ins to go and they are very relevant to what's coming up next on Jules from NZ. So uh, you've got a couple of call-ins basically about the fiery death episodes that have been piling out. Um, they're not finished. They're nowhere near over. I have more beautiful fiery death to fire out at you. Um, I just really wanted to do this episode in the middle of all of the fiery death episodes so that I could talk to you again. It's been so long. I missed you. So um, two more call-ins from people about fiery death. You're going to hear um, Jason and Carl. Um, I'm not going to come back on, so I am just going to tell you that uh, Jason asked a question that he's not sure about. The categories for dragon are ancient, adult, young, and wormling for 5e. So there's a lot more that there used to be, but they've actually pulled it down to only four. Ancient, 800 years or more. Adult is 100 to 800. Young is 6 to 100. And wormling is about five or less. So that's kind of where you're um, thinking about 
Um, so who knows what our players will uh, manage to pull down, but I'm excited to see. Um, and Carla, uh, you say a lovely comment, um, a lovely compliment to my GMing style, and I, I thank you very much for that. So, um, yeah, without any further ado, let me get out of here by just saying um, – you know, two of my gems, Jason and Carl, are going to take it away, but there are more listening out there. Barry Laren, Ezekiel Violet, uh, Joey Samsara and BJ, thank you all so much for continuing this journey with me. Um, love you all so much. Inohora, kakete ano, aroha nui. And just, you know, kia pai tora fakata. Have a nice weekend out there because it is my weekend and I'm rushing off to go watch my partner play footy. Okay. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. I love you all. Um, take it away, Jason Carl. Bye. Just Jims. Hey, Jules. Jason here. Just listen to Fire Death Part One, and that was a lot of fun. I'm not sure what the size categories are in 5e. In first edition AD&D, it went very young, young, subadult, young adult, adult, old, very old, and ancient. And I, you guys fought an ancient in that one. And I think you said adult next. I don't think adult will do it. Um, I'm, like I say, I'm not sure. This, I think whatever the size category below adult, maybe they'll beat that one. Uh, fingers crossed. But great series. Thank you for putting it on. I look forward to the next part. Hi, Jules. This is Carl. I really enjoyed your fiery death uh, part one. And I can't wait to hear more in the series. I think you got a really good crew. And I really enjoy listening to your jamming style. Um, let's see more and um maybe there can be some bets on how quickly the characters die although i guess it'll they'll last longer this next time uh, i am sure but um i'm imagining that they'll get to like i don't know if you've ever seen this this is i think it's a it's not an easily it's a raw it's an elmore cover from a dragon magazine where all these heroes are standing around just like baby dragon and looking very proud i think that's what's going to be happening in uh, this uh, series. So uh, I'll talk to you soon.